Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's the Mitchin Podcast. Hey, what's up? And welcome to another fantastic episode of the Mitchin, Sydney's greatest and most formidable food podcast, <laughs> uh, featuring two lovely hosts. My name's Andrew Levins. My co-host, as always, Mitchell Orr. Hi, Levins. G'day, mate. And returning, as per popular demand, the most requested returning guest, Michael Eggett from Pinbone is back. It's, I get three requests. It's that the means, same person yeah, every time. Person, yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure I tell them to fuck off every time too. <laughs> Shouts to old Sam, Sam from uh, Old Mate Wine in Perth. He lo- loves Mike. He's very good. It's the OG Mitch and it's the OG yeah, mate. We're, we're killing it. It's for you, Sammy. We're going to just talk trash on Perth. And we'll right <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do the cl- classic Mitch and we'll do shitting on Perth, shitting on craft beer yep and um whinging about stuff and six guests yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. we can do multiple voice <laughs> uh so uh today on the show uh we got we're going to talk about uh getting bollocked in the kitchen because an article came out last week in good food we can talk about plus the uh new josephine pignolet uh young chef uh, nominations um but before we get that there's a very important story Mike, then I'm glad that... Actually, both both of you. I'm glad Mitch brought it to my attention. And Mike, I'm glad you're here to talk about it. Justin Bieber, your thoughts? Ah, fuck. I forgot about this. (laughs) I don't have many. I know he goes really well at music festivals. And that's about all I know. Uh, So Justin Bieber, pop megastar, is holidaying in Australia. Mm -hmm. Or was in the last week. Mm -hmm. Do you know know why he was here? here? Why was was he here for the... It was a churchy thing. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, I was writing a pizza story a couple of years ago and, and I had to eat at that Happy as Larry pizza truck yeah. which is really fucking good yeah. it's a great great truck but the only only way I could eat it was that they were posted up for like a full week at the Hillsong conference that's and I was, kind of a big good business model. yeah and I was at the same day that Bieber was there but I didn't get to see him right. anyway he was back for religious reasons slash holiday yeah. according to the Telegraph and um, guess where he ended up because they're in they're in Homebush for this big Hillsong conference you could think of some decent food destinations in your home, wish, right? Mm, I would hope it was Jasmine, but that's about all. Well, not, 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 not we traveled, he traveled rides. to Auburn. He went to oh, Auburn. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Auburn, home to one of my favorite places to eat in Sydney, New Star Kebabs. Yep. Uh, there's a ton of good Persian places there. Great is that Lebanese, where Maddo is as well? Great Indian. Yeah, Maddo, yeah. the Turkish cafe is really yeah. good there too. Guess where Bieber ate in Auburn? 
I'm waiting to hear Nando's. <laughs> <laughs> the worst of Australia's chicken shops. Yep. Like it, it's easily a Gallo, then a Porto, and then Nando's. Nando's. And Nando's is terrible. It's really expensive. I'd really rather I'd rather make a chicken than than Nando's. Well, yeah, I know, but then you got to tell people you at McDonald's, and it's only yeah. okay if you're drunk. That's really? the one no exception. Way. It's no, really it's expensive. Nando's is terrible. It's really and it's terrible. Yeah, it's but terrible. the the little blurb was like. Justin Bieber goes to Auburn to yeah he couldn't resist eat. the pull of, resist the the Auburn, pool of Auburn multiculturalism. Yeah. He goes to Nando's. <laughs> All about pulling. On, he's an absolute tosser. Um, yeah. I don't know. That seems like a wasted opportunity, but that's not really his fault because isn't he just a shill? Like it's surely the people that move him around. Yeah. Like yeah, so yeah. Whatever Geppetto was thinking, <laughs> right up because Pinocchio should have eaten something a bit more authentic. It's baffling though. Like I don't. I, I, there's Nando's all over the world, right? Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Or is it? Or is it just UK, Europe, and here? I don't know. It's a bad chain, but it's yeah. crap. So there was enough time wasted on those two subjects. I just, yeah. I, he's the guy's rich. Why the fuck are you going yeah, to Nando's? Nando's? Well, last yeah. time he was here, he went to Chuck or Charlie's, and that was like yeah, really good. Well, Born in Mosman. Yeah. No, where well, are I think it was yeah. Willara. The one, um, used to be around the corner from your old house. No, I think he went Next to the Mosman. Do you know, oh, really? you know yeah. though that like all those things like Hillsong, maybe they own Nando's. Maybe. You know how they all yeah, have like yeah, a, they all yeah. wear jeans and Yeah, that wouldn't Maybe surprise it was in his me. Rider, like you know, you have to eat at this. Yeah, like, yeah we'll pay true. you to come out. Yeah, and talk to all the people that like. You, the ha- you have to have a cheeky yeah. Nando's. You have to have a Nando's to, to promote the f- you know failing business. Mm. You know, but if they just had less shit buns, smaller, better chips, and didn't charge thirty dollars for like yeah. the <laughs> worst chicken burger in Australia, yeah. they wouldn't need Bieber to sit there and eat their <laughs> shit food. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah, get it right, Nando's. You fuckwits. <laughs> um, so, Mike, last time you were you've, you were on the show, um, uh, good luck, Pinbone, uh, which is your current venture as mm-hmm. Pinbone with Gemma and Bez, um, was uh, you know going going strong. This mm-hmm. is the one in Kensington. You guys have been open since mid last year. Yeah, end of October. End of October, mid. Um, and uh, you announced recently that your your. <coughs> Your time in the space is coming to an end in less than a month. Yeah, that's it. We're gonna we're gonna turn the walks off. So it's been really good. It'll be just about eleven months, ten months, or something like that once we we finish. And um, <clears throat> I think I told you when we were on here last time. The whole reason for doing this was we found that particular site. We saw an episode of some TV show where these dudes were cooking on walks, and we were thinking, ah, it's been so long. We'd like to do that again. Because both of you know you, you both have background at cooking at Billy Kwong. We and, had training, yeah, yeah, and we we did it. So um, uh, and. You know, shout out to all the people that came and and supported us, and it's been really good. And we managed to run a BYO restaurant in Sydney for nearly twelve months without going bankrupt. We actually didn't think we'd last more than three months, just purely because it's a tough business in Sydney. Um, I will say this though, like um, we always went with a very sustainable model. We had really cheap rent because they're knocking the building down. We had a ton of media support, social media support, and, and support from friends. But I would really like to say that the, the, the council, the Sydney City Council, who, who told the businesses that were existing businesses of Kensington and Kingsford that they were going to do that light rail, that, uh, that just abomination of fucking planning, they weren't going to take away parking. They weren't going to affect their businesses in any way. <laughs> and they have completely fucked that street. And there's they businesses fucked there. every street anywhere that has anything to do with the light rail. So we had a six-month goal, so you really couldn't fuck with us. We were going to be there, we were going to get out. No matter what happened, we couldn't really lose. You know, we were lucky. But there's places that have been there for 10 years, 15, 20 years, really small time, hardworking, small businesses, restaurants, cafes, hairdressers, pharmacies, news agents, and they are all fucked. And Mm. the government and the council just 
don't, don't give, give a, a shit. shit. Yeah. And that's bullshit. You know what I mean? And whilst they're giving all these agreements to people to build gigantic high rises and put in mass housing and, you know, taking care of their problem, which is finding houses for people in Sydney, they're not doing anything to support that neighborhood or that culture. Mm. And it's really shit. So for us, you know, we've loved being in Kensington. I would never stay because they're, they're fucked that road altogether. Yeah. But there's people there that have got roots deep roots people that we love going all the indo stuff there and Mm. yeah a fantastic food culture i said this when i started we were lucky to be in that area they have fucked those people and they have no voice and it's bullshit so i just thought i'd use this to just give the council and the government a bit of a kick up the ass to the to sam in perth that's going to listen to what i have to say (laughs) (laughs) if she listens in but honestly it's really disheartening because the the letters that you get are just like bullshit we got one from them the other day saying works are going to disrupt water and we we're like, oh, yeah. that's odd. Then the follow-up one was like, there'll be more details to come. Details to come. Water Your water was off. Between <laughs> 6 p.m. and 4 a.m. sometimes for the next five months. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons we're going. I'm like, what am I going to do on a Saturday night yeah. when they decide All of a sudden to their just water's off. turn the water yeah. off for Fuck. six hours? And that's, their, and that's for every restaurant on that strip. Yeah. And so, the, the fuck thing about that is too you're only there for whatever so you can go okay we'll just close tonight whatever but the people that are stuck there with leases and stuff there's no like their insurance if the if the council just goes we're turning your water off and you have to close and you lose your however many thousands of dollars in trade it might be for that night your insurance doesn't cover that no it doesn't you just fucking lose that money too bad and it's and the council's just like and it's not just that one night it's when people ring up and go, can I order delivery and you're gone home because yeah. you're not going to sit in your restaurant all night when there's no water. They get angry. They think you're unreliable. They yeah. lo- you lose long-term business. Mm. When they can't find a park, they just decide to not come. Yeah. You know? There's nothing there to remunerate these people. It's really shit. Mm. And I, I didn't want to come on the Mitchin and Whinge. This is more a... That's why we have you on. No, nah, but this is more <laughs> of a like just show a little respect for people that are working mm. really hard in Sydney. Yeah, but we know the government doesn't give a fuck. This is this only example of the council being Muppets at the moment. I can't think of any. Look, there's so many. (laughs) I know know the show is full of it all. It's fucked up. And we could go with broader issues. This is, but this is surely like a one-sided argument where no one could justify this. What's these short-term fixes that fuck up? And in, in, in doing this short-term fix, you make up you make these fuck-ups that are long-term fuck-ups. Yeah. So, like, you know, you hit them, they're creating this easier transport system for a community that isn't going to exist anymore because yeah, of how much they fucked, they fucked it. it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it'll be ready in 10 years' time. But in the interlying 10 years, <coughs> the whole area is fucked. Surrey Hills is fucked. George yeah. Street's fucked. Everywhere that has anything to do with the light rail, it's, it's yeah, a fucking nightmare. I mean, your nightmare. conspiracy theorist would tell you that if all the shops go out of business, the rents go down, you knock it down, you build a high rise. Yeah, but mm. you know, I'm not like that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, not remotely like that. You can't just is, is like yeah, because I'm, 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 I'm watching this happen in, in Parramatta now as, well, as, yeah. as more places get approved for the super big high rises. There is some enormous, just like there's just like one enormous high rise building in, yeah. in in Parramatta now. So I, I, I mean, I, I'm further. Feel I'm not, but I feel like Caramata Council's quite forward thinking and they do quite a good plan for the future. No, that's, that's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see them as probably the, the, the beacon of New South Wales politics anyway. They, they seem to be ahead of the game. They, they've got a plan to make Parramatta, you know, the pinnacle city of New South yeah. Wales in 25 years and they started working on it now. Whereas mm-hmm. our, our council seems to be like, hey, we're going to have the best 1995 roads you've ever seen in 2025. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Monorail, yeah. monorail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah like, like, like the reason I bring up the Parramatta is that they're, they're building these high rises now <laughs> knowing that 
the amount of people that that will bring into Parramatta will then boost all of the businesses that are kind of struggling in Parramatta yeah. at the moment. Mm. Like, you know, Eat Street in Parramatta is pretty shocking. Like as far as the eat part of it, it's a great yeah. street. <laughs> that, that, that stuff will it's come. It's definitely that a street. Will, that stuff will come in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I was talking to some dudes from Melbourne when they were up. <coughs> sorry, I was talking to some dudes from Melbourne when they were up for the AFR awards, and they were saying one of the things that's wrong with Sydney is no one lives in the CBD anymore. Mm. There's when yeah, you, right. There's no housing in a CBD, so there's no culture. Everyone's there and they run home. So it's really good between that sort of five to eight o'clock at night period because everyone goes has dinner and gets out mm. but the sydney transport's so shit that if you're not on a train yeah you're it's gonna take you three hours yeah. to get home so you've got to plan for these things whereas in melbourne they all live in amongst the city there's a, oh, there's a really beautiful blended culture in 10 minutes no it's <laughs> fucking ridiculous i'll play a nightclub there that's like 15 minutes away from where people live and they're like oh hawthorne <laughs> like, i traveled here from sydney <laughs> like i was doing three hours door to door and you have impeccable transport yeah. where the buses trams trains all line up and you can use one pass to get on all yeah. of them yeah melbourne you have transport <laughs> Good for you, Melvin. Uh, so, a big story that came out last week uh, through Good Food, written by our friend, by our friend Miffy Rigby um, over at Good Food, uh, was uh, one titled "No More Kitchen Nightmares: What What It's Like to Be a Young Chef Today." And this was half a way to. I mean, it could have been two stories, really. Um, half of it is announcing the finalists for the Josephine Pignolet Young Chef of the Year Award, which our Good Food do. They used to do it state by state, but now that it is a national publication. Oh, no, has it always been a national thing? No, it was just always New South Wales only. South Wales. Oh, right. There so was other things that came in, but there was always, Joseph in there was a New, New South, South Wales thing. Yeah. And then Melbourne brought in a young chef. And then I don't yeah. think Perth or Queensland or Adelaide ever had anything really. But no. So for the first time ever, the Josephine Pignolet Award, uh, which uh, Mitch has been a previous winner of um, in the past, um, uh, is national. So you, we, you have chefs from, and this is, this is worth talking about. We've got, we've got, it's still mostly New South Wales based chefs. You've got Kylie from Attica in there. You've got William from Homage in uh, in Queensland, and uh, Michael Carey from Jones and Co. And then yeah, we've also got we've got Matthew from the Dolphin. We've got Reese from Sepia. Uh, we got Lex from Oscillate Widely. Um, we've got Yuri from Automata, and Aaron Ward from Sixpenny mm-hmm. as well in there. Uh, so some great great restaurants being represented there. Um, and it is interesting. I mean, as someone that. That uh, I mean, you, you, I, I knew you weren't necessarily nominated, but you—that you, was you know, well. You nominate yourself, right? I, I went in it. I went in it. I never made the finals. Um, Mitch, like, what do you think? As you know, as a, a alumni of, of this award, do you think it lessens the impact by making it national, or, or strengthens it? No, I think it probably strengthens it. It makes it a, a nationally recognised thing, as opposed to just a Sydney recognised thing. But I think Sydney always had the most prestige. Anyway, like the JP Award always had the most prestige of a, of any of the Young Chef Awards, even though it was New South Wales based. Um, but it's cool to see it go, go national along with the guide, and then it sort of competes with the like it's national, and then all the sort of Young Chef competitions are on the same sort of stage, I guess. Yeah, and I think opposed to like the guide going national, where they compare restaurant to restaurant, which is stupid. You can't do it. Like the national guide is literally just to sell papers or keep up with other people but it doesn't work like what's happening in perth to what's happening in sydney it never is a fair equivalent like it's stupid to try to do a national guide like i understand logistically and all that i guess it's kind of good for tourism because you 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 know you have this guide already and then it's like oh we're going to melbourne 
what let's let's read this guide again yeah but that's yeah. tourism's fault for, to compare <laughs> to, it's apples to apples oranges to oranges you know what i mean like the best restaurants in sydney versus the best restaurants in northern territory it's stupid please keep the bashing to perth <laughs> no let's, let's let's broaden our audience you know what i mean let's offend everyone everywhere but i think with the so the so one thing that some people may or may not know is like so the, the josephine pinulay award is basically a gut instinct from a panel of of, of, you know, it's um, it's more about the kind of person yeah, you are than it's, it's Damien necessarily the chef you are. Cohorts that he thinks are gonna he his opinions matter to him, and so you can definitely compare a young chef from Sydney to a young chef from Melbourne because mm. it's not about the food they're putting up; it's about the person that they are, the career they want to take. The Why the fuck did Mitch had. win? <laughs> Um, <laughs> a few years ago, Mitch was pe- a human. Because yeah. pe- <laughs> people with much more informed. Uh, Knowledge and opinions than you, let's decide. Yeah, look, I think it's important to note there's really talented young people out there, and even Damien makes mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but basically, the award is the idea of the award is to keep the spirit and memory of Josephine alive and to choose people that embody her love of the industry and her passion and all of those sort of cliche kind of words. But she was a big sneakerhead. They do have meaning. It, it's meant to be a timeless decision. So it's not yeah. about like you go in and how well you French French out a you know rabbit rack, and yeah. then ten years later no one Frenches out rabbit rack. So it's all about how you make the best like you know foam. That those sort of cooking competitions can leave a you know there there can be really trend like influence. Mm. Whereas this is like it's meant to be a lasting award. So it doesn't matter if Mitch stops cooking next week and never runs another kitchen, but. It, he, they pick him because they know he'll influence the industry in a certain way. So whether he becomes a commentator or he does a cooking school or he runs a farm or, you know, he does tours to the regional New South Wales with young chefs or he runs a TAFE course, it's not saying you've won this award, please go and become a three-hat restaurant. Fantastic if you do. But if you are doing that or you are a commentator or you are a media personality or you are anything to do with our industry and we hope you stay in it forever please keep the same ethos the same ethics yeah. and and nurture that through because that is what josephine was all about yeah that's what she embodied it's not saying that josephine made the best you know poulet vengeon or anything like that yeah. it's saying that people that worked for her you know were drawn to her because of these qualities we see them in you please keep it going and that's a beautiful award and that's why it was prestigious yeah you know? and along with that <clears throat> they happen to have picked some phenomenal chefs who are now doing amazing things. Yeah, and we had a, we've had a, most of them on, <laughs> on the show. A few yeah. of them on an episode by themselves last last year. You should go back and check it out. Mm. Um, I'm pretty sure we'd said something about Josephine Pignoli in, in, in the episode title. Yeah, it's, um, it's never a bad subject to talk about. No. Know, there's, always, no, yeah. there's really and, deep people. Because, yeah, you, it's like you, you get interviewed in front of the panel, right? Like that's yeah, like the so main, main thing of it. You, you basically nominate yourself. It's an open competition. You write a thesis, so to speak, on your philosophy on food and what you want to do in your career and what you want to achieve. And the idea of the board is that it gives you an opportunity to travel and go and learn and see things and then bring that back to Sydney and now your respective city around Australia to add to the culture in your city. So you send in your letter and you get shortlisted and then you go and sit at a pretty scary panel of people when I went, it was Damien, Yanni, and a couple of Damien Josephine's closest friends who were loosely connected to the industry. And now I think it's Damien, Phil Wood, 
Miffy, and I can't remember who the other person was I this year. You can always rotate. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so if it's Phil, it's not so scary. But, <laughs> but yeah, and then you go and you just have basically a conversation like we would have, you know, when I went for my interview, it basically turned into Damien and Yanni telling stories about their back in their heyday and that kind of thing. And for me, that was amazing, you know, like that was an insight into something that I'd never, I'd only heard about and I hadn't seen and it gave me a chance to interact with them and for them to see why I like the industry and what I love about it and where I wanted to take it and that kind of thing. So it's like an open, they have points that they try and hit and they want to gauge where you're at mentally and what you want to achieve and that kind of thing. But then it's more about what you care about and what you want to do with your future in the industry. So it's quite, I think it's quite a unique award in that sense. How much of your interview revolved around vanilla Pepsi? Fucking hell. <laughs> you have to make a joke of everything, don't you, Liz? <laughs> uh, good stuff, everybody. Good stuff. Um, so the other part of this award, um, and we'll find, out, we'll find out which of these finalists gets to win. Uh, is the winner um, uh, during the Good Food Awards later in the year. But the uh, the bulk of this article... Oh, wait, I want to touch on that just real quick. So my favourite part about the whole, the whole like, Joseph Opinion Award is every guy and girl <coughs> in Sydney trying to figure out who it is yeah, and everybody's yeah, bullshit yeah. story about how it's not, not them, them every year yeah, yeah. and then everyone's conspiracy theory about like who, who, actually who it is. It. Yeah, and yeah. it's always wrong. It's the best. <laughs> every year it's this can person. You go, can this you go person. into detail about this? Like... <laughs> It doesn't really matter. So I know the year Terry won, he was so adamant that he didn't win. He yeah. was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't get it. He was gutted. And then he got up on the stage and we were like, ah, oh, you fuck with, you know what I mean? Yeah. So everyone <clears throat> always has a, has a year they think you're the winner. And I got nominated one year as the guy that was going to win and all these people were texting me and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't even fucking go in it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. So I was pretty sure Gemma won it last year. Yeah, no. Nah, before. No, nah, yeah. no, nah, no. Nah, she wasn't it. She was like, people keep fucking writing to you. Tell me I won the opinion lay. I was like... Sorry, man. Sometimes you just have a bad year. You know, like, so, yeah, no, but that's my, that's my favorite. The people in the industry will know it's, it's quite funny. It always haunts around, you know what I mean? Everyone thinks they've locked it down. So who do you reckon will be this year? I don't know. It's a pretty strong, pretty strong crew. And yeah. you know what, Mitchie? Like, for the first time, I think in – or maybe last year as well. For the first time, I feel a little old because yeah. I don't know the – You don't know most of the, who yeah, they are. Because yeah. for the last 15 years – it's been all of our friends yeah. and our peers and now we're in that 35 year old bracket yeah. and so it's like you've got to be under 30 so it's just I think it's a too big a gap I yeah. know about six people on that list yeah I know and three or four or five I think I'll be quite happy if any of them want to be honest yeah. you know so I think I mean it's just it's a funny one like word on the street is at the moment that it's Kylie from Attica see okay so I, I mean I think she's a fantastic winner but it, it also depends what they want to get from giving the award because sometimes it makes them pretty different decisions so she's mm. had a fantastic career with like doors opening for her and she's gone everywhere and traveled like she's worked in some of the best kitchens in the world yeah so they'll take that into account and, and go maybe not, yeah. do you need this award yeah exactly she's yeah. a phenomenally trained yeah and worldly chef now yeah. which is fucking amazing for her and because it's not like the like electrolux you're the best chef mm. it's kind of also like what can we do to give you a lifetime yeah. experience. So, for instance, I might see someone else on there who's hasn't had those experiences and I'll think, well, fuck. Maybe man. they'll get it. They'll get it, you yeah. know what I mean? <clears throat> so, it's it, you never... It's, it, the one thing I'll say about this, it shouldn't say best young chef, you know, yeah. because it's they don't pick it on that necessarily because it's not like 
if you work your ass off and train and have you know the best like resume you can actually work against you because they're, mm. they're looking for someone that they can prop up and you know, Which is a, why I want it lives. It is. It is one of the reasons, <laughs> Mitchie. Because you didn't have the best resume when you... No, I had a terrible resume. I still have a terrible resume. Yeah. I mean, no, I, if you scrapped the last two places you worked out, it'd be all right. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but honestly, like, so we'll see. We'll see who wins. But they pick based on gut instincts. So yeah. It, of course, it's training and skill. They don't want a donkey. You know what I mean? Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and you get uh, some like uh, uh, some award money, and you, you, you the yeah. idea is that you further your career. You with get that sponsorship money. money and some flights overseas, and help in organising stages and that kind of thing. And that's the idea: is that you go and travel and see some things that maybe you wouldn't have had the opportunity to see and learn, and then you come back and bring that back to yeah. your respective city. Yeah, and you can you know you can use that money to put towards doing a stage somewhere that that you think will help your your cooking style. Yeah. And you went you went to Italy and you went to Francescano, which is, is that the spot that Aziza at in Marseille? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I caught up I'm like halfway through that season how fucking it's good fucking is fucking so good Chef Jeff it's so good I was like I hate those first three episodes <laughs> that, I love way it way too twee oh, I, like, I, I, love can't, it. I can't handle it's it it's so good you watch Master of None Mike yes I did um, and I'm, now I, the last two the, the dating episode in t- with the, the Tinder stuff yeah, I thought yeah, was brilliant hilarious, yeah. and then Chef Jeff Chef Bobby Cannavale holy yeah. fuck that was <laughs> he, the is he, is he an ongoing character yeah yeah, yeah keep watching hell yeah keep watching I'm all about him he's great yeah, it's sorry. I didn't, yeah, we can go on to the next bit. I didn't mean to interrupt you a little. Oh, no, no, no. There's never a flow here. Yeah, I know. Um, so uh, the other part of this article, unless we want to keep talking about Master of None, you guys can spoil the rest of the season for me. Um, I really want to talk about Master of None. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched it three, like three, like three, three or four times. Like a million other podcasts. Can't you bring it up on something else? <laughs> yeah, talk about TV and shit. Mitch on actually watches more television than the co-hosts of both of my more television leaning. <laughs> like one of them is explicitly about television, and Angus has only watched Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> Angus has like an encyclopedic memory of all food articles and cooking techniques. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of just a weird choice. But, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, anyway, the uh, the article that this was attached to, the Joseph Impignolet winners was um uh it was yeah as, as i said earlier no more kitchen nightmares what it's like to be a young chef today and which is a bit of a misleading title i think it was maybe like two two things are being worked on at the moment or maybe it's like mm. a kind of like this is how much better young chefs have it than young chefs did however many years ago i'd say miffy was overseas and her article got <laughs> chopped and changed while she wasn't able to say <laughs> stop being a douchebag <laughs> had to guess um so uh yeah, the, the article is, is something that we've spoken about a couple of times in the past on the mission, and that is, uh, you know, how physical abuse used to, and, and, and sometimes, uh, sorry, no, verbal abuse, and yeah, more sometimes rarely, physical. sometimes physical abuse would be the norm in, in, in kitchens, uh, you know, 20 to 15 years ago uh, in Sydney. Okay, so I'm going to pick up on this. So the article pulls out Justin Camp, Liam Tomlin, you know, Marco Pierre White, Gordon Ramsay. And says that, oh, kitchens like this, that's what they were, you know what I mean? Well, that's bullshit. Okay, so you've grabbed four people. And I don't care if it was every kitchen. The way it's described and the way people go on about these older brigades and these older restaurants is that all you did was you walked in at 7 a.m. and someone started yelling at you, right? But that's not really the case. So in all those kitchens and all those places, they've had phenomenal, like, lineage of chefs come out of them right so somewhere in that kitchen someone was nurturing i'm glad someone was i'm teaching, glad you're touching on this right i'm so sick of reading these articles that just grab and it's not not miffy this isn't miffy at all this is what people want to hear the, the well, old brigade used to yeah. bollock and yell i don't care if tomlin only yelled 
that's fine. If that's all he did and screamed and called you a, a piece of shit, that's fine. He hired people down the line to look after his food and to look after his crew. And every single one of the guys and girls that came out of that kitchen went on to be a fucking phenomenal chef. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the, the, the whole idea of having a bollocking only kitchen, right, is just what TV and people on the outside want to hear and want to see. The thing is, and what chefs recant when they're asked are the fun stories of getting bollocked right or the nightmare stories and that's what kitchen nightmares and the furnace and all these terms came with right what you don't remember is when someone says to you oh when we get lettuce in we wash it because it's covered in dirt right you go oh yeah i don't eat dirt that makes sense so you just fucking do it right so you don't get bollocked for that ever but you don't recount that story and go oh one day marco came in it was 7 a.m and he said wash the lettuce it's dirty and i said i'm gonna wash the lettuce no one wants to hear that even if you say it it gets edited it'll get edited out of this you know what i mean but but what, and to be honest, like what you hear is stories where you get bollocked, right? So Tomlin, there's a quote in there. It's like, they didn't get bollocked for the first 20 perfect tortellinis. They got bollocked for, for the, the one 21st they first one that was wrong. Yeah. Well, that's good. Because the thing is like, we aren't allowed to send out a single plate of food that's any good. Because even if the other 20 tables had a good tortellini, they're not, if I give that one a shit one, you can't say to that table, oh, you see, those guys are really happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, those guys are really happy with those tortellinis. Yours are shit, but come on, guys. It's like we 99% of it was really good. Yeah. So we have to, we're held to higher standards and we have to pass that on. And the whole thing with bollocking, right? And this whole story of how kitchens are these amazing, happy places now, it's all bullshit. It's still not. No, it's all exactly. bullshit. Every single one of those people in the weird photo with their colorful faces and their heads talking about the new brigade all bollock people yeah. and all get bollocked and yeah. it's all in context like i don't bollock anyone you know for things that aren't important but you bollock them if they need to remember something you know what i mean to to, to be honest the last I, i've actually seen one of the one of the finalists for the josephine the josephine Finale, young chef where you, you, the award bollock someone absolutely <laughs> and you know what i would probably back them that they were making the right call now we can all stand here and say the kitchens are shit and you need to be a more nurturing and, and and good environment no one's saying that's not true but to make this statement that like the old brigade were doing it wrong yeah. and that the new brigade are doing it right is just a bullshit statement and i'll tell you the last time i handed out a proper bollocking it wasn't at this restaurant now like i call our chef into line but that's fine he's not a dickhead he listens and he moves on we don't need to bollock one another like it's it's how it is but the last time i bollocked someone we had the nurturing process so we had a dietary in and they'd alerted us and they said they were they were a nut allergy we went through the kitchen we talked to all the chefs we said blah 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 nut 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 took all the nuts away from sections and all this sort of stuff bang someone else came in deep fried a whole of nuts in a fryer didn't tell anyone and that person was already told about the the nut allergy that was coming in the anaphylactic nut allergy that had emailed us and contacted us right now it never got to a bad stage because luckily Gemma was there doing her job and noticed that that had happened, right? But we had to take four things off the menu because it was the middle of service, right? And we couldn't use the fryer. We couldn't use it to center that table, right? And we didn't have time to change the oil out. You're in the middle of service. You can't dump a fryer, reheat it, right? So that person got bollocked. But we'd already been through the nurturing stage. We'd already mm-hmm. been through the explaining stage. Mm-hmm. It didn't seep into them that it was really, really important. And we're not talking about, you know, picking your lettuce leaves so that they're all, you know, off the no stem. I'm talking about killing people. The the thing is, like, people just say it's food. But you know what? We're stuck with some really hectic responsibilities these days between crustacean allergies and nut allergies, gluten intolerance, dairy intolerance, you know, a a 
we're accountable across the board for people's lives. Like, and I'm not dramatizing this, we're not doctors, but people put their health in our hands and we take it really seriously. Like I know Mitch does, I fucking do. You know, every restaurant does. And if you have a friend or a, a, a sibling or a, a child that has allergies and you go to dinner and you give people aware, you know, notice, you expect them that they'll get to do that. Respect that and look after you. So most of the time I bollock someone really, really bollock them. It's about hygiene or, you know, food rotation or, or things that are going to come back to bite us on the ass, yeah. you know, because they need to know that it's not about putting a piece of cheese on bread and melting it under a salamander. If you burn that, well, you burn it, I call you an idiot, you move on, you do it again, we get it right. Mm. But if you start putting like, you know, raw chicken above lettuce leaves, you're going to get bollocked because yeah. you're going to hurt someone. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. just, and I want, I'm only bollocking you. So you never ever so do learn. it again. You and never you ever probably do it don't again. bollock them the first time. No. The first three times, no. you probably say, "Yo, we don't do this this way." And here's X, Y, Z reason why we do it the way we do it. Yep. Okay. I told you, we've done it. We do it this way. Don't do it this way, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then the third time, if they still haven't learned, then it's like, I fucking told you. <laughs> yeah. Just do it properly. You know why we've been through it. Stop being a dickhead, pull your head out of your ass and concentrate. Yeah. And it's probably probably doesn't even get any loud. My voice won't get any louder than that. But the nurturing process is there and we've been through the, this is why we do things, this is how we do them. And it's not only that, it's that it's our livelihood as well, right? It's our business, it's our name on the door. And especially in today, like we should probably be handing out more bollocking because the feedback with the internet and everything now, the effect that it has on your business is so much more immediate and so much more, so multiplied so much more than it used to be from just, you know, when a reviewer comes in and that kind of thing. Like, it's so important to get things right. And the care that, that chefs have now, young chefs, not all of them, there are some fucking fantastic ones, but the general level of care and responsibility that young chefs take in industry it's so much less than what I feel we had and probably the generation before us feels they had, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know? Yeah, and I, I think it's really disrespectful to the old brigade to say that all they did was yell and scream. Mm. We all understand that yelling and screaming doesn't get the message across. There has to be two levels. Yeah. So there's that explanation, there's the theory, there's the nurturing, and then there's the, the, the full stop at the end of it, the exclamation mark. The, this is why it's fucking happening. <laughs> and if you, if you want to under you know undermine what they've done in the past and say that all they did was yell and call you a cunt it's just bullshit they might have done that more than us you know they might have yelled and screamed and carried on like pork chops a little more than us but to say that they didn't underpin it with the nurturing and care it's crap like but maybe the the way that people did the nurturing and the care was a little different maybe it was going to the pub after service and drinking till 3 a.m and the boss bought the rounds maybe that's what it was you know what i mean there was always a staff dinner there was always you know kitchens survive mate like people are here i got trained by people that got bollocked yeah. they got trained by people that got bollocked so it can't have been that bad you know what i mean and, and they're, I, I they're wouldn't be where chef. i am if no. it wasn't for the bollockings i no. took because i never know, would have fucking learned anything and the irony is like i would say that of those eight people that are in the running if they win they'll probably go to a kitchen overseas where they get bollocked <laughs> for six months you know what i mean 
And you know what? Like your social media profile and your media profile and the way your kitchens run might not include bollockings. But when you turn a blind eye and your sous chef goes in the cool room and bollocks the crap out of someone, yeah. that bollock still came from the top chef. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you might be on there playing with some coconut you found on a beach washed up in the <laughs> shores. But if your sous chef's in there tearing someone a new asshole that's in there staging for free because he picked a herb wrong, yeah. don't tell me you don't believe in bollockings. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not a caring, wonderful world. I, you know, we're not here to tell dark secrets because we all have them. Mm. But don't, don't believe this bullshit that yeah. the industry's changed, and that because you see a couple of dudes happy and smiling with their, their first <laughs> yeah. year apprentice. But you know the, I mean? the, like, the thing about it is too that it's not personal. No, it's simply it's not a fucking office or you know a big company where you fucking email HR and then the HR sits you down three weeks later and you have a discussion and you shake hands and have a hug. It's immediate because someone get wants their plate of food in five minutes and they don't give a fuck why it hasn't come. They just care that it's not on their table and it's not at the level that they're expecting for the money that they're paying. One it's a the, completely different environment. Yeah, and one of the things they touched on in this is, is chef shortage, industry shortage, so you've got to be better, have a better working environment. All that's Ooh. true, right? So what I would say is it's a two-way respect streak. If you're in there as the boss or the leader or the head chef or whatever and working really hard and coming up with original, creative and fun food and doing things that are challenging people below you and they want to learn from you, they respect you and they'll stay. And if they're working really hard and trying to do their best, even if you bollock them every now and then, but you respect them, they'll stay. And basically that's what it comes down to. So if you're losing chefs, there's a lack of respect at one end. So either you're disrespecting them or they're disrespecting you, but it's pretty easy to get it and give it. You know what I mean? And I think if, if it's a two-way street, then as Mitch said, it's it's an it's an immediate response to things, but it's also immediately for, like forgotten yeah. the way it was described, but the message stays with you. And that's but that's the where the respect comes in. So you might bollock them for one thing, but then you might pull them aside and give them a really good pep talk and a really good deep analysis of what's going on and why. You know what I mean? And sometimes as much as a throwaway line as like, this was a really good week for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I had a few of those t- someone just said you had a really good week yeah. and it just makes everything like you could get bollock 300 times but they know that as a whole you've gotten better yeah. and that it's fine you know, or it's even you get bollock for fucking that one thing up and the next three times yeah. you do it properly and you go yo that's it that's how I want it and that's, that's the way to do it that's what you're working against these days is that we don't have a there's accountability across every single element for every single occasion, not just uh, close enough is good enough. And you know, there's a, a broader picture of people saying, you know, every kid gets an award for competing as mm. opposed to, you know, winning. And I'm not buying into, I don't know enough to buy into that argument, but it is it is like a little bit like that in the kitchen where it's not just a, you know, you didn't just compete, so thank you. You know, it's like, you, we're doing this perfectly. You know, I'm doing it perfectly and I'm not, too proud to turn to Gemma at the middle of service and be like, I think I fucked this, taste it, and she'll go, that's fucked, start again. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm human, you know what I mean? And we all rely on one another, you know what I mean? And if I put up a dish that was shit, I would expect to get bollocked, hmm. whether it came from Gemma. Or from the customer. the customer, yeah. you know what I mean? And the reason, because I was too proud to ask someone in my brigade that, can you check this? And we asked Brando, you know, like if we're unsure, we go to everyone, you know, so I'll go to the waiters. I'll be like, Bez, can you taste this sauce? Like, we're just, we're just not, we're not happy with it. But we care, you know what I mean? I could send it, you know, but I'm not, I've learned over time, I'm not too humble to start again. I'll start anything mm-hmm. again. 
and I don't mind if my chefs have to waste food. If if it's not right, we just do it again. Yeah, and we you know, sometimes stuff still come, goes out, and it's not to some, it's not yeah. right. And if it gets sent back, well, and if it gets sent back, and a customer's not happy, but we executed it right, I'll say, there's nothing wrong with that, but let's give them dessert or something. Yeah, exactly. If it comes back and we fucked it up and it got it slipped through all the crack, all the checkpoints, yo, we fucked that up. Sorry, here's another one. Here's dessert. Have a drink. Whatever. We'll make it up to you. But the guys have to understand that that money comes out of the business's pocket, and if they don't take responsibility, there's so many repercussions of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that's the hard part. Like I can't remember who told me, but someone said to me the other week that. They had a kid, a chef, a young chef in their kitchen that fucked something up, and they've been told repetitively not to do that or whatever, and they continue to do it. And they got a little bit of a bollocking, and their response was, it was "The question came: Why are you doing it like this?" And the response was, "I don't care." Fuck. <laughs> 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 if you don't care, what are you doing here? It's just a job to them. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it's not. It's not just an office job. It's not. You know, like it's a completely different world and that's what people don't understand and that's what the public doesn't understand because every time there's a fucking master chef or a TV show or whatever, everything's romanticized or it's the other way and everything's all the yelling and all the fucking bollocking. There's there's no actual reality to it. On that romanticizing, I think this article exists because bollocking has been romanticized and this, this article is almost yeah. like a counter to like... You know, maybe Gordon Ramsay isn't right all the time. But you know what? You you speak to any of Gordon's chefs or Marco's chefs or anyone like that, and they have nothing but respect and admiration for them. And they say, Marco taught me everything I know. Gordon taught me everything I know. He might be a cunt, and maybe we don't get along now because we've had a couple of dust-ups and he didn't support me when I left the kitchen or whatever. But they look back on that time and go, I learned so fucking much and... Those chefs nurtured me and taught me so much and I wouldn't be where I am without them. You know, that's 99.9% of the time is the story. But what gets picked on is, you know, you're an idiot sandwich. Um, I would still recommend reading this article just for the uh, extremely juicy um, insight into people like, Ev- um, uh, what's his name, Matt Kemp. Uh, this, just this paragraph is incredible. Uh, Kemp, famous for his rages, he once called his then wife and business partner a cunt on national television. She was pregnant at the time, <laughs> has been forced to soften over the years. I think that is inspirational. <laughs> Do you remember hearing about that? Yeah. What, what that, television that, show was I don't about? know, but that that was like, a big thing at the time. I remember Shit. hearing about it as like a second year apprentice or something. That's fucking Whoa. insane. Probably made him famous. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what people want to see. Um, it's, yeah, th- there's bad choice of words and bad timing, but that's a, that's the, that's the <laughs> industry we work in and no one's defending it and he's not defending it. No. And would I say he's softened? I fucking doubt it. I reckon if you caught Kempy on the right day, he'd still tear you a fucking new one. He'd still you know call your pregnant wife he'd a still cunt. call you a fucking cunt. But you know what? He would just hand them out more accurately. Maybe doesn't yeah. throw, not throwaways as yeah. often. Make sure you're not pregnant before he calls you <laughs> yeah. a cunt. You don't soften, you get wiser. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just know when to do it. You get a yeah. bit better. Like when you're young and your pressure's on and you don't know how to handle it. Yeah, that's you're it. Just, you're just stupid. And We've that's, that's part there. of it too. It's such a high pressure yeah. thing. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And, you know, it's it's everything to you and shit like comes out in the moment because yeah, no, it's like, so immediate as far as service goes nine times out of ten if i'm yelling i'm probably in the wrong like yeah. i would say i'm probably wrong to do it and i've worked for about five years to try to cull it back down yeah you know what i mean but sometimes you just do it and it's just stupid what? and you either apologize or you make up for it or whatever but most of the time people just ignore me yeah you know what i mean they're just <laughs> yeah. like, oh what a fucking idiot <laughs> you know what I mean? whatever, it's, good. Yeah. it's good that they have that insight as well you yeah. know what i mean and hopefully people learn from what you're doing wrong as well because yeah. don't forget like there's always that you know, teaching by doing the wrong thing too. Yeah. So, I mean, we've all had people that yelled at us and we thought, won't do that. Then you do it and you're like, I'll do that less. Yeah. I never yelled at my kitchen staff. In fact, um, uh, my restaurant closed exactly three years ago today. Yeah. Right. Um, but I yelled at the floor staff all the time. Yeah. I, the miscommunication between the kitchen and the floor was like the yeah. biggest source of anger. When V yeah. was chef. pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was She was pregnant for a good... I don't think I ever called her. I, I haven't, I haven't <laughs> yelled... I haven't... I never will. Yeah. I haven't yelled at it. Kitchen. She called me one once um, on New Year's Eve. That's it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't yelled at kitchen staff in a long time. Like, I don't remember. Like, they might remember, but I don't remember. Is that because you're not in the kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't even yelled at floor staff in a long time. I kind of... And that's because I've sort of learnt how to deal with stuff a bit better and how to take the, ag- the aggression, for lack of a better word, out of my responses to things you know I, I'll give Cam a bollocking and like take my anger out on Cam and have him go and be nice about it to all the staff <laughs> or tell me I'm a fucking idiot and I just needed to get out of my system and I'm like okay well I, I tend to go quiet now mm. and everyone knows when I'm shitty because I'm just fucking quiet and that's more of a signal than oh fuck what have we done 
Yeah, you I know used what to I mean? Go and do something else for about a minute. <laughs> yeah, just and if I come back and yell at you, you really <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, you know like, what I mean? like oh. most of the time I just eat it and I might have a little quiet word and be like, "Oh, that was you know." A little well, why is Mike out the back playing Yoho Dai? <laughs> oh, yeah, they, they know. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they, I think it's the re-entry. Yeah. I think I got that from my mother. You know, she used to walk away and yeah. come back and be like, "And furthermore, <laughs> yeah." So, the, right. the walk away is a good one. Yeah. So Sometimes I'm just gonna go outside for it, a minute, eat it, and it's used, <laughs> yeah. and it either goes down or comes up. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. yeah. We had a um, he's still a very good friend of mine. He was and he was vegetarian at the time. Never ever hit the veggie button. So I'm I'm responsible. He's responsible for at least twenty customers having a bite of meat and then sending the dog back to the kitchen. Like, I was like, you're a fucking vegetarian. How, did, how is it you who fucks this up every time? Yeah. And, you know, those, those veggie hot dogs, they're not, they're not cheap. They're, they're, they're like three times the price of a meat one. I think, too, like you learn, like, it's not so much coping mechanisms, like, because I think me and Mitch just admitted then that we've, we've, we try to improve as humans. Yeah. But one of the things that a new business and new chefs and new teams, floor, front of house, back of house, everybody, there's problems that you don't foresee. And so what you do yeah. is you basically just eliminate them over time. And so you see the older front of house and the older kitchens, then just as aggressive and stupid, yeah. they're just, they've done it before. Yeah. You do it again. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you learn. Like if you put yourself in the shit one day and everything goes to crap and everyone's yelling at each other, well, you don't fucking do that again. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're yeah, a good yeah, team, exactly. you move forward. You know what I mean? And that's what it's all about. Being yeah. a team and moving forward. So everyone just forgets what happens, <laughs> but they remember why it happened, you know? Yeah. Is there is there a particular bollocking that you guys received that's that's memorable, or is it all just blended into you know? Yeah, I received a couple. Danny Rooster gave me a couple good ones, and I always, I was a little shit. Like I, I found them quite funny some of the time because Danny would fly off the handle, and swear at me in Italian and call me a couple of Italian names, and then you know call me a couple of English ones as well, and I would stick my head in the fridge and have a little giggle <laughs> and the, the sous chef would come they don't let him fucking see you laughing you little shit so I never got like I started when I was 25 and I was 110 kilos and 6 foot 4 <laughs> so I didn't get that many bollockings funnily enough <laughs> not many people wanted to really pull me aside and sort of you know throw their weight around because they didn't have a chance but Puskas used to fucking rip me when yeah. I was a first year apprentice yeah. And he kind of apologized for that when he was on the mission mm, last year. Oh, yeah, but I don't think he should have because yeah, honestly, yeah. if I didn't get ripped into by him, but it, you know what? Like every time he gave it to me, I deserved it. I was arrogant. I was yeah. cocky. I was stupid. And he just fucking pegged me back a million times until I was humble and open to learning. And then, you know, and if he hadn't done that, I would never have grown. I once spilled, and like, you know, the thing is, the ones you remember, the ones where you feel like hard done by. Yeah. So like, they had the ricketyest piece of shit equipment, right? And we had this fucking freezer that was always imbalanced. And they kept all their own weird savory shit in there. And I was in charge of pastry, right? <laughs> and I had to put this fucking granita in there. And I put it on the square gastro, and it was like liquid. And I put it in, and it just like, tipped up and it was fell balancing everywhere. Precarious. Right? It was I remember, I remember right? the granita yeah, section of that shit. freezer. It wasn't my fault. This is why, but you know, you're aggrieved because you're like, it wasn't my fault. Anyway, the thing fell service obviously because it's going in and up with this fucking thing and so the granita just froze all through there and then i got so bollocked for it right but the only reason i cared was because i was like how is this my fucking fault right <laughs> so that's how i felt the whole time how is this my fault how is my i had to sit there and chip it all out and it was like frozen ice but now i think well it was my fault i didn't wrap the fucking thing yeah. you know what i mean so i wouldn't at the time i felt you know really hard done by but I was arrogant and I was like, oh, woe is me. It wasn't my fault, but really it was, you know, and I learned. I had so, one at Pello, Thomas, the same sort of thing. The cool room was a piece of shit 
and we went through this period over Christmas with fucking balls deep, short staffed, like prepping everything every day, making 15 purees and this and that. And I was fucking slate, like working my ass off and I was on plus. And every, the cool room would work all day, but overnight it would turn off and no one knew. So you come in the next day and all your shit would have turned. So you can't, fuck, I just made all this prep. What, what the fuck, what's wrong with it? So you come in and be balls deep again and again and again. And <laughs> I can't remember what I was. I was cooking a bit of fish or something like that. And Thomas had run out of something on his section on the pass that was my responsibility to have back up in the service fridge and all that kind of stuff. And I, I didn't have it there and he just fucking lost it. He threw a spoon across the kitchen and fucking <laughs> threw the container of puree and puree across the wall and just <laughs> let me have it. And I, I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's in the cool room, chef. <laughs> right into the cool room. Uh, that was probably the best one ever. And I don't even remember what it was about. And I just... I kind of remember being like really fucking scared because Thomas is quite a large man and I, like I'm quite a small little little human but I, st- I it's still like I look back on it fondly because I like I learned that was the hardest job I ever had but I learned so much out of that kitchen so it's not a negative thing you know what I mean and then the same thing like w- once that moment finished it finished and the nurturing started again you know yeah it's but like you know it's that thing it's like like nothing rewarding is ever easy no exactly it's like that you know like people yeah. always i hear a lot because i'm trying to train at the moment and that everyone always says no one ever wants to go to the gym but you never regret it once you've left yeah and like like you know i've obviously you know eating and <laughs> very opposite ends of the spectrum but that you have to work and do hard work that fucking sucks sometimes to feel really rewarded by a situation yeah Growing is hard. Learning lessons. Yeah. Learning and, yeah. and growing and educating and skilling up and doing all those things is difficult. I don't care what field you're in. If it's not, you're probably not pushing yourself. You know, and I think it's always just exacerbated in a kitchen. It's sped up. Yeah. We, we want to get you there quicker, you know, without taking shortcuts. And that's the key, you know. And yeah. that, if you're a young chef and you listen, don't fucking take shortcuts. You know, do the hard things. Because yeah. once you've done the hard things, you know, you grow. If you don't... Stop, you stop staying in kitchens for three months and fucking moving around and yeah. think you've learned something. Yeah. Yeah. And if you have a problem with your head chef, talk to them and maybe... Talk to them. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the, the thing. That's the other thing. Like, I get the most shitty when my staff don't come and talk to me. Yeah. And it doesn't, like, it doesn't have to be that night after we've had a little incident or whatever... But you can come to me at the end of the week or the start of the next week or when you know I have time to sit down and have a discussion with you. Or, you know, it might even be if you if you want to go on a holiday. Come and talk to me and say, hey, I want to go and do this. Can we work it out? Of course we fucking can. But don't just go and do shit and go here. You know, like yeah. communication is so fucking important yeah. at all levels. And, it's, and that's that's what growing and learning is. Yeah. And that's what's changing is us becoming approachable. Yeah. And even back then, like Danny would bollock me all the time. But if he knew something was wrong with me, he would reach out and say, hey, come on, let's have a chat. Let's have a cup of yeah. tea. Tell me what's going on. What's up? Is this your love of tea origin story? No, Danny would always ply coffee down my throat. And I think that's why I don't <laughs> like coffee anymore. But... <laughs> It's one of those you know? things, like, you know, where the term comes into kitchens all the time, like pushing on. 
And we never want you to push on if you're depressed and upset and sad. That's not pushing on. That's different. That's a, a negative connotation with that term. Pushing on to me means coming in and just banging out Breaking your knees on that finish line together. It's, no, it's not together. It's showing a bit of initiative. If you're a young chef and you want to make it in this industry, don't take shortcuts. And when I say push on, if you're really struggling, talk to us about stuff. Mm. But what I want you to do is come in and knock out your mise en place. Concentrate. And then I'm going to give you more, which is the opposite of what they want. You know, yeah. And until they realize that, they won't really make it. But what you really want to do is they'll take eight hours to do something, then they'll take six hours, then they'll take five hours to do something. And when they get to five hours, I'm going to add three more hours of work to their section and they're going to be like, fuck, man, I just got another, you know. But what they really don't know is in another year's time, they'll be doing twice as much work in, the in same half the amount of time. Exactly. And that's what pushing on is. And every time people that work for us push on, come in and bang out a job in half the time, I just the, my reward is I give them another job. But the next job I give them is a better job. Yeah. You know what I mean? More so, something they're going to learn, a new technique, yeah. whatever it might be, getting to do the proteins or yeah. whatever. And if you don't, I will make you do the same thing every day for the rest of your life yeah. because that's the job. I always you know say I mean? to my guys, I don't care what time you start. You can start at 4 p.m. if you can have all your prep done by 5. But if you can't, then you need to come in at 10 a.m. And if you can come in at 12 and get your work done, then I don't have an issue with that. I would rather you be here less and be working more efficiently and concentrating than be here and feel like you're here for so fucking long and doing all these hours and you don't have any time to do anything. You know, that's that's the balance. Come in, don't fuck around, concentrate, work efficiently, learn your workflow and bust it out. That's what pushing on is. And then you can go for a swim in the morning. You can have a sleep in. You can go and have breakfast. You can do whatever you want. And then if you've got all your stuff done by four o'clock and we clean down and we sit up, then you've got an hour and a half for staff meal. Yeah. And you can sit on your phone. You can fucking smoke cigarettes. You can do whatever you want. But if you don't and you, you're a donkey, then you're going to have a shit day at work all the time because you're constantly behind. And that's, we want everyone's life to be easy. Yeah. So when we started Pinbone, it was the three of us in the kitchen, like doing prep and we were like pushing to get it done. So me and Jem push, push, push. And like Brando, who's our third, you know, he did his bit, but it wasn't carrying his own weight. And we've pushed him now for 12 months nearly. And now I don't need to do any prep at all, basically. And Jem's doing 50% of, you know, what she, you know, could yeah. do. Like she could bang out twice yeah. as much because we've just put it onto him. And it's not in a negative way. Like it's in a, he's just- It's a reward. It's a reward. He's dominating yeah. now. Like he can do his job so much faster than where he started. You know what I mean? And now it's all about refining that. You know what I mean? So mm. now, like, cause you go through stages where you get him to do a job and then he does it perfectly and then he tries to do it faster and it goes down a level. So then you got to bring up the skills to match the speed. And so now we're doing skills and speed at the same time. And it, as I said before, if you respect the person that's training you, you stay in a system, you come out the other end. You know what I mean? And then you go to the next place exactly. and then you can step up. And their reputation is your reputation. Yeah. Like we're sending him to the next place and he'll have the best knife skills. He'll do fish beautifully. You know what I mean? He'll make all his pastas and all this other stuff by hand because we don't have a, any money to buy equipment. And people will want to work with him, for him, you know, and hire him in the future. And that is a representation of myself and more gem really. You know what I mean? because of the way we train him and we take great pride in that you mm. know what i mean and they basically are a piece of clay and you mold them and you know you mold them in the the model that you want 
And if he works with us for another 12 months, then he can go and take a sous chef job anywhere he wants or he can stay and be our sous chef. You know what I mean? We, we probably don't have any more to teach him in 12 months. Well, yeah. I mean, you've only got one month anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll have something else. But, you know, he can make toast at my house and if he yeah. makes it perfectly, yeah. he gets the Vegemite to the corners and he makes my tea nice yeah. and he'll move up to making my Nutella yeah. toast. Have we bored you enough yet, Lev? No, no, I'm just, like, I'm just trying, I'm looking for the next email we should read out. So thanks to Miffy for writing that article, providing us with an entire episode's worth of content. <laughs> Sorry to the public that had to listen to yeah. us yeah. ever on. Go check it out on goodfood.com.au. Um, we've got two emails this week. I'll do the short one first, then we'll go into a longer one. Um, this one uh, comes from Nelson. He says, Hey, cunts, long time listener, your podcast is unreal. I'm heading to the Barossa in December with some mates, and we were all pre- pretty clueless about wines. Just wanted a few recommendations on wineries to check out. Don't go to the Barossa, I go to Adelaide Hills. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Tom, Tom Shobrook's not in Adelaide Hills no, directly, he, though, in the no, Pasca no. range, but he, I don't think he's in Barossa. To be honest, on is the top of my head, I, th- I know there is some stuff in Barossa that's good. Yeah. But you know, um, what was that guy's name? Uh, Nelson. Yeah, talk to Google, you dick. Like, seriously, <laughs> fuck, mate. No, but is it trusted Google for Barossa stuff? I don't well, know, you like, can't type in organic, natural wine. Okay, Barossa. well, that, that's the tip. Oh, yeah. So you learn yeah, how to yeah. use Google and then use it and don't ask Levs for technology because apparently iPhone, earphones no. don't mean intelligent techno talk. Fucking hell. No, but no really, I, don't, like, I don't know. I don't know the Barossa. Head, off the top of my just, head, we just know yeah. chefy things. There's, there's definitely great wine in Adelaide whether it's the Barossa and I don't want to say I know McLaren Vale's got great stuff and right you know now. all this other sort of stuff but R- write to Joel from drinks yeah Maybe, or, or, or go on the drinks website and look up what's from Barossa and then see if they have a winery yeah, in internet. Barossa Valley internet it's a powerful tool yeah mm. but we're just letting you know how to use it more powerfully Fucking hell, like that is key, a key podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a longer one and God help you, Stefan, for uh, having multiple questions that might can insult you. Um, <laughs> Stefan says that he loves the podcast. He's been listening to heaps lately. Good for you. Uh, you touched on a couple of things last week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, that I try and explore somewhat in my own podcast, The Quicksand Food Connection. You may be interested. What are we plugging random people's food? <laughs> oh, this, is the, this, 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 this is relevant to what Mike... Uh, loves about food and relevant to an episode that we spoke about in the past Um, as a quick background I started a podcast last year to supplement the independent regional cookbooks that I publish so people who buy the books can listen to the podcasts of regional chefs and producers who contribute to the books I also wanted to give a little bit of shine to the producers who rarely get an opportunity to tell their story long form I'm super new to podcasting and basically have zero time to make a good one as publishing takes up a huge percentage of my time I know that drama it's really hard to do a good podcast but who gives a shit just put it out anyway yeah yeah you guys haven't done one we haven't yet. done one yet yeah you talked in your donkey sauce episode about going rural and talking to livestock producers about connecting to food and its origin you might find a couple of podcasts i've done with farmers relevant and may want to talk to the producers Redleaf farm and fitzroy hills in the southern highlands good produce they raise berkshire pork among other things and it's run by katrina spark she is really passionate about this subject a great person to talk to have a look here if you like um, another great person on this subject is Vince Heffernan, who runs Biodynamic Lamb out near Goulburn, New South Wales. Um, in the episode, Mitch ne- mentioned Norm, who gets his he gets his spuds off. We did a podcast with him too. What a bloody legend! Yeah. Anyways, I thought as you entertain the idea of going rural and talking to some producers, I thought you might find a couple of chats I've had interesting. So you can find all of those at quicksandfood.com. Um, and he's got some questions off the back of that too. But yeah, oh, that sounds really good. I love all those producers. I know those yeah. farms, and you know, I don't know about the name, but the podcast sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. 
Just check it out, quicksandfood.com. Thanks so much to um, Stefan for passing that on. Um, anyways, I thought you, as you entertain the idea of going... I'm oh, sorry, I read a part. <laughs> never do a good podcast, <laughs> Stefan, never. Um, now an annoying question from someone trying to make a podcast. Can you recommend a setup for, to use to record high-quality audio for podcasting? At the moment, all I've got is a decent USB mic and a lappy, and we sit around a table, but it's pretty shit audio sometimes. So, all right, this is, this is my, my field. Field. I'll be very quick. Um, don't use USB mics. They suck. Um, get a Zoom recorder, um, either one with two inputs or the one we use is a Zoom H6, which has six inputs, which means you can make an absolute fucking mess with six chefs if you if you would like to one day. But, um, the, I mean, you can say, you can criticize our podcast all you want, but it always sounds really good, and it's because we use uh, this recorder. Um, and then I just use, like, you can get um, sure microphones um, anywhere between like the 60 and $120 range don't go more than that there's no need um, and then just get some really cheap pop filters to put on top so you don't go and you probably didn't hear that then because the pop filters are doing their job so that's my, uh, my, my recording advice and then edit using like either the free garage band program but don't use USB bikes if you don't want to spend money use the um, voice memo app on your phone which actually sounds better than your USB mic so there you go um, finally Levs was useful finally that's it that could have been done in an email <laughs> also uh, you may have already covered this but a mate came home with a box of Ritz the other day and they were pretty pretty bloody good does Mitch have an opinion on the Ritz versus Jats debate this recent Ritz box is a bit of an eye opener fuck Ritz fuck Ritz I like Ritz <laughs> if you, if you yeah. I, I like Ritz so, so if you do like Because Mitch does like I BYO when I go to <laughs> Jats Jats A la certain restaurants what, What's the most recent one Ms. you've G's done? Miss G's What's on that? It's like a bun me Jats Oh sick mm. That's mad um, you, you should do Jats a la Pinbone And it's just a Jats <laughs> with a Ritz on top <laughs> <laughs> No we did Jats a la Pinbone already Yeah so when we were When we were talking We were going to do a, a Jats off And we were all going to bring one Remember we were talking about All bring our own Jats to the podcast That's right yeah, yeah yeah So I was going to do like I was going to try to go like All Heston And do like six te- textures of Jats <laughs> 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 it was so good. Jats we moose, Jats yeah. air. We did it. No, no, we did no. it. It was so jats, funny. We made Ritz, l- clicks. <laughs> it was one. It was only Jats. And right. it was like there was a jelly. There was oh like a foam. It was all oh. this gross shit. That Wait, like jets. Why didn't you put that up? Because no one else did it. I was like, oh, uh, fuck it. You know, yeah, it was, you didn't it was so good. Oh, we so made amazing. a Jats granita. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. It was the worst. It was so bad. It was the worst. I wish I had taken a photo. Oh, mate. It was funny. I was like, this is going to fucking rock. This would be so good. Textures are Jats. So there you go. Uh, Ritz are not as good as Jats. Like, you like Ritz, but you don't like them as much as Jats, right? Well, to be honest, I'd rather hear more about his farms than his fucking choice in biscuits. But um, Ritz are good. Well, you heard Ritz about are... his farms already? Go, go, hear more. Go, go listen to his podcast. Ritz he Ritz... just told you how you can go and listen Jake, to more. I find podcasts so tedious. <laughs> <laughs> Quicksandfood.com. Thanks so much to Stefan for emailing us. And if you would yeah, like to email good. us Thanks, like Nelson or Stefan did, you can send an email to the Mitchin podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to all the people stopping me in the street to say they listen to the podcast. Like oh, in yeah? the last like two weeks, I've had like four different people, not in the industry, just randomly say, yo, hey, Mitch. Yeah, I don't, I don't think many industry people listen to us anymore. Uh, <laughs> well, you guys don't talk about food. No. Just what do we talk about? Nothing much, really. No, 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 yeah. <laughs> we talk about dumb SMH articles. Yeah, which isn't food. No. It's not food. So on that, I, I'm going to bring food back to the food before. podcast. <laughs> oh, you got I, a little segment. I got a little segment. Oh, wow, <laughs> I a mic segment. Top five. You know, like, 
I'm going to do like my top five dishes that I want to eat, but I can't because I'm a chef. Uh-huh. You know, so it's the things that you can't get to because the restaurants either open on the same days uh-huh. as you. Uh-huh. So they're all on Instagram because, uh, you know, you'll go home and you fuck around on Instagram. You're yeah, just fuck, sitting there I thinking, eat that. Yeah. oh, fuck, I want to eat that. I want to eat that. So I thought every time I come on, I'll pick five things that I saw in this week. Top five that are alive. That's it. And someone go and eat them and tag Mitch in it <laughs> and tell us if they were yes or no. You okay. know what I mean? Because right, I reckon they look fucking sick. What's it called? Top five dead or alive can work. Bitch, you did it. I was just going to do top five. Okay. But this is my Insta pick. So the first one. What's that? Not very imaginative. Well, what do you want me to call it? Something good. What? You come up with something. Okay, okay, by the end of the segment, I'll come up with something and great. We'll edit it back yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it won't yeah. be. Whatever Lev's coming up with won't be good. I know, but it'll be kind of <laughs> funny, maybe. I don't know. So the first one is like a shout out to Sixpenny because they're doing this little spanner crab and clam butter dish, which looks yeah, so looks fucking sick. good. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That looks I haven't had it. Yeah. You probably yeah. have. Yeah, yeah. Okay you have. Awesome stuff, yeah. But I haven't. <laughs> All right. So we're open the same days as Sixpenny, so I don't get to go to Sixpenny. Yeah. And one of the first things I do when I shut, I'm going to go to Sixpenny. I hope this dish is on, but it might not be because it's very seasonal. Next one. This one I'm going to go eat this weekend. It's the Cotatella at Fratelli Paradiso. Yeah, I've looks been, so I've been, I've been in it twice. I've been in it twice we in the last week. We can put these up if you want these photos so people can see them or we can take Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll whack I'll it on, send the, it through to you. on the I've Facebook page. I've had two different versions of that. Yeah. What's the what's picture? It's ridiculous. Yeah, so the first time I had it, it had just gone on the menu and they sort of like roasted the Trevisio and then like glazed it in balsamic and then had heaps of lemon zest and pecorino or parmesan over the top of the cotoletta and it was fucking awesome. So if you know what cotoletta is, it's basically a pork chop crumb. So pork schnitzel at Fratelli Paradiso looks fucking... It was off the chain and then the second time I had it was this one. Yep. Where the ridiculous chopped up over the top. I, know, of the I love of fat, like pork oh, fat so and good. bitter shit. It's the best. So it's good. just the best combination. Yeah, yeah. Italians do it yeah. better than anyone. Uh, shout out to Melbourne. There ain't much in Melbourne I want to eat normally, but Embla's doing this chickpea pancake at the moment with globe artichokes. Have you seen so that? Show the photo. Ooh, that looks yummy. Fucking oh, yeah. dope dish, man. Far- farinata. What's it called? The chickpea well, pancake? Yeah, farinata. farinata, or farinata like that yeah. They ferment. I don't know if that's exactly what mm. they're doing. Like, I don't want to call it that because they didn't. But it's just like, look, they got a wood fire oven. They're putting this chickpea pancake. Yeah, I've had some, I've had some good times out. at Embla. Yeah. Embla, good, man. That's a strong dish. That, that's something I'd like to eat. So, someone eat that. Tag us. Tell if it's good or not. We're going out to South Australia. There's only like, you know, our boy Duncan. Check out this awful sausage Dunk's doing at the moment mm. with the lentils. Oh, holy shit, that looks good. Yeah, so he's making this sausage, basically an awful sausage, and he's doing lentils on top. And I saw that the other night when I got home, and I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the perfect, like, after-service kind of fuck you dish to see. The other day, I told my son, Archie, I'm like, Look, we're going to go out for dinner tonight. You can have anything in the world. What do you want to eat? And he said, sausages. And I was, yeah. I was like, what the fuck? I don't know what the fuck. Where do I go for sausages? Sausages, that's it. LPs. 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 Always. Always. Yep. Now, I got a couple of little, like, add-ons, because I was only going to do five, but these ones okay, were cool. six. Is so that five already? That was only three, wasn't it? I think it was four. Four. Okay. And then I was going to, I've got the fifth, but... Yeah, sure. So, this, these guys almost made the cut. So, there's a, a restaurant that's opened up in, in Young, which is in, like, regional New South Wales, right? And yep. it's called Clementine's, and the food looks really, like, really good. I, I really can't wait to go there. But their bread program is off the chain. They're doing these sourdoughs, like, rice and all this sort of stuff, and they sell them on the weekends as well. So, they set up, like, a little like a little bready kind of vibe. You can go in as a local and buy yeah, the, the bread from the kitchen. And I would love someone to buy the bread from Clementine's. It looks so good. I, I like fucking proper made bread. And then this one, Mitch, you'll know this one. Mm-hmm. Um, the Have you seen at the moment in at Mamafuku Sambar, they're doing a skillet cake? No, I haven't seen so that So there's one. a video of this cake. This is a screen grab of it, right? But it's this skillet mm-hmm. cake that comes out. It's all wobbly and like like 
basically just like custody. Oh man, it looks so good. And when you see it, you're just like, fuck, fuck you know what I mean? What, I'll find a video and when you watch it, you're just like, yeah, well Have done. you had the, the Uncle Tetsu's wobbly cake you can get in Chinatown? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, no yeah, good. Yeah. Tetsu's that, no man. good. That's, I think it's just all crap, you know what I mean? It's definitely this all is, processed crap, This segment yeah. is basically anti what that is because all those things are just like style over substance and these things are all substance, you know what I mean? So they might not get the fucking hits of like your freak shakes and all your weird like cronut stuff with Mars bar slice mm. and all that bullshit but these dishes, when I see these, these are my anti-establishment food media dishes at the moment and then the last one i'm going to shout out to a little vip place i wanted to pick one from this restaurant but it was too fucking good and all the people that listen to the mission in in london can you please go to 40 Malby at the moment because the yeah, food looks cool. 40, 40 Malby. Malby. right every time i go to london i go there but the food at the moment looks fucking phenomenal they always do the baked ham which everyone else is yeah. copying around the yeah, world so good but they've got this apricot and almond custard tart on at the moment which just looks fucking yeah, ridiculously great. good. Yeah, they also nice. had another tart on and then they got this dish of like chicken with like bacon and broad bean bread sauce, which just looks fucking amazing. Anyway, everything at 40 Mop is good. That's my top five Instagram. We'll put them up. People tag us. Tell us if they're good. Eat them for us because we don't get to. So you have to supply these yeah. to us uh, whenever you whenever you film. Just pass them on to me and then I'll bring it up. This segment is called Mike Psyched Like Strike. <laughs> <laughs> and just for anyone that doesn't know, he wrote that down so he can say, say it properly. It roughly, yeah. he's, I'll not say, that, he's not that good a lyricist. <laughs> I'll say everything that James... Um, Lowe's putting up from Lyle's at the moment yep. it looks fucking phenomenal too and it was, it was a toss up between my my VIP of the week goes to Mulpey yep. but Lyle's was in there yep. and um, also uh, some, Flora in New York City uh, was also one that I was I also go. saw something from Sauterne yeah 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 always good I can't remember who was there but it was like a fucking pigeon and foie pie or something <laughs> they looked fucking out of control not a klumba they're doing something like that at the moment uh, it was, I'm not sure where no, it was it might have even been sep team you know or if something it's pigeon, if it's pigeon season yeah. I'll all be fucking yeah it might have even been sep team but I think Sue and Roger are over in yeah. France and there's a couple of people what? in France that are just fucking going crazy every time I come on I'm going to do my what's my segment called Liz <laughs> <laughs> and that's Mike, when Lev no, no, didn't no. have a really I, I, I got it Mike's psyched <laughs> like strike oh that was good and I'll, I'll also you're say psyched because you like them but you're on strike <laughs> you can't, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking, it's, it's, I was also going to put pike in there somehow like you're piking on eating them I don't know I'm not piking I want them if anyone yeah, wants to email yeah. stuff from 40 Mulpy e- email some food yeah, yeah. <laughs> can we digitally print it isn't that the way <laughs> just eat the paper I'll say my favourite thing to eat at the moment and it's a bit of a plug for one of my businesses is summer Wolfie's food at mm. Bar Rose, like the matzo ball soup. And he's probably going to hate that that's the thing that I'm saying, but it's fucking so good, man. So we, we've obviously like been so watching good. that and I was going to put them in, but I thought, yeah. well, I can go there and eat that. You can go there so on a Sunday. Actually yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought better, better leave yeah. that out because the same, like some of the stuff that um, the dolphin is doing in LPs, but I yeah. went to LPs like two weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, yeah, I ate yeah. fucking everything. Yeah. So, but yeah. oh, there'll be a few lying ones because I want to give those guys love anyway. Yeah, but yeah. we always talk about those guys. But I thought because we'll you can go to frat literally anytime. I know, but <laughs> I haven't been for so fucking long. I've been twice in the and last I, and week. That photo, <laughs> that, that photo actually came up that's about your local, five though. times yeah. in my feed. Yeah. And so you can't avoid it. I was like, yeah. oh, that's too Man, good. Like, so the last two times I've been, I had exactly the same meal too. Yeah. <laughs> like every time I go, I have scampi spaghetti. Yep. And. I think it's the best pasta pass so dish good. in Sydney. Don't at me. Like, it's fucking next level. <laughs> it's time. It's, it's so fucking good. I'm addicted to it. And then I had the ragu with the tagliatelle. Oh, and then I had the yeah, cotoletta with the salad. Yeah. And it's just like fucking hit the spot every time. And then I get a tiramisu to take away. It's like... 
See food talks more yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, I know. I wish you do more food talk. I don't know why we don't do it enough. But you should come on. We'll have you on every month. Oh. Sound good? <laughs> Sound good? <laughs> only work back to once a month. <laughs> fucking hell. You know you're done. always fucking <laughs> welcome. You never want to fucking weekly. come. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm not as busy anymore now, so I can come yeah. all the time. Uh, but it's not, this isn't pasta, but I have a new favorite noodle place in. Um, oh, uh, Pat's been Instagramming this too. Don't, don't, that was my next one. I was going to do all the uh, best Asian, and that was yeah. the next one. Yeah. Bring it all next time. That place called. Because uh, I, went, I went. Pat's been hamming that up too. I didn't see it on I didn't see it on I didn't see it on Instagram. I know. I need to go. I know. I need to go. Where is it? Yeah, but he's he's geotag. Is it the same place? Yeah, oh, so no one yeah, it's oh, the same shit, one. Fuck up! It's so good. No well, one knows t- tell me off air where it is. <laughs> yeah, it's close to where that thing. No, dude, it's, it's so <laughs> empty. Like yeah, I no, want, give them business. Keep fucking, <laughs> no, fucking give them business. No, because when they're you go fine. there, they're busy enough, mate. They're fine. Okay, I'm all right. Well, I'm in the middle of the day. Let's put them in next. Let's put them in next time. We'll do it properly. Let us be the three white guys that go first before all the other white people go. I mean, I'm following. The three white guys are me, Pat Nurse, and the guy who runs the very good Instagram page called like Eat drink read main yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know who that is but he, he eats a good shit so, he, we've been going there because we're in China all the time buying stuff yeah. so to Bang Bang. And, um, we're, we're just calling it out <laughs> I've got to go to I've got to go to Chinatown I've stolen off other actually. people's Instagrams that's fine <laughs> In on Dixon Street in Chinatown it's called Biang Biang they do a handmade noodles oh, they, uh, they do so one good. have you had the one that has it's like um, this one here it's fucking insane it's, uh, it's uh, sauteed pork but it's like that's better pulled pork than you'll find oh. anywhere else in Sydney it's, Excellent cuisine. The yeah. food is fucking sick, and it's cheap as shit. You know, it's like the chili sauce is off the hook. The bread, like noodles, that noodles, that was, that the pancakes, fucking everything that so up. good. So you won't well, see like us down there anymore. Thing, yeah. yeah, like you won't see us anymore because everyone else will be there now. But yeah. it is hot. The food is sick. It's so well done. Like it's it's the kind of shit that should be written about, but instead we talk about mm. Nutella fucking you know, <laughs> yeah. waffle crap and yeah. all that shit. But that is pure. And and I was gonna put them in because I was gonna do my favorite little Asian ones next yeah. time as well. But yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give a shout out to the Asian one. I, I just saw an article on Time Out, the top ramen places. In Sydney, good? I didn't read it. I was like, ah, uh, who's this dickhead and what does he fucking think? And his top six were actually. I was like, okay, in, it was Gumshara, yep. Osan, um, Ryo's in there. Ryo's, yep. yeah. So the top six, I was like, yeah, okay. In There's, some, have to put them in, in there, some yeah. order, that's right. But I'll shout out, Osan actually has another one in Potts Point, just up the road, like a couple of stores up from room 10. And the Kyoto Soy Ramen is yeah. so fucking good. And the fact that it's in Potts Point, it's, good for you. it's so good, man. And it's called Waka Noodle. It used to be this shitty Waka Noodle little yeah, yeah. Chinese place. And for some reason, they've kept the same name. <laughs> and it's still Waka Noodle. It's a ramen joint. It's called Waka Noodle. Well, it's a good name. Yeah. <laughs> and people are so, like, people, it's, gotten, it's gotten busier. Because people have started to work out, okay, it's now a ramen shop it's and it's anymore. fucking really yeah. good. But for so long that you go there and be the only person there. And the other great thing about it is the staff give absolutely zero fucks about your timeline or if you're there or if you want to order or anything. It's really like it's really frustrating, <laughs> but I really respect them for it. And I was really like the business other, model. The other week I was really, really craving it. And I went at like five past three and I was like, they're like three, they close at three and open at, four, at six. And I went at like five past three and I was like, oh, can I get, can I get a bowl? And he's like, nah. No. He's like, I was like, fuck you, but I also really respect that. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, so if you if you're in the eastern suburbs and you're craving a bowl of noodles. They won't serve you, but you should go there. Yeah, go there and look try at it and smell it from the outside, yeah. and you'll be like, "Wow, Kyoto, this is right." I just can't get past the Kyoto, so it's so it's good. fucking light and clean, and especially like in this cold weather, it's so fucking good, unreal. Yeah, well, okay, well, we'll try and talk about food more on this food podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Murfukubo Serbo for the first time since uh, Paulie took over tomorrow, which I'm very fucking excited about. Taking be there for her birthday. And then I've um, got a final big big Sunday brunch at, uh, at Pinbone this Sunday, which I'm excited about. Final? they got five weeks left. Why is it a final? Yeah, yeah, we got five weeks. Oh, well, so that's yeah, that's 13th that's of August. Thirteenth. I thought it was the 3rd of August. No, 13th. So come along if you haven't been, you fuckwits. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to The Mitchie. Now, if you want to catch Mike, you can go to Good Luck Pinbone before August 13. You're open Wednesday through... Well, the next... So not tonight, but the next four Wednesdays, we're going to do bookings only one sitting we don't normally do Wednesdays so if you do want to come and you want to get in because everyone thinks there's a line oh just so you know there's never a fucking line eh? it's Kensington like all the reviews wrote lines out the doors and all this sort of shit yeah. there's no lines <laughs> there's no lines people mill in and we always get you in like I think we've turned away four people in the entire time we've been open you know and the most anyone's ever waited is like 45 minutes or something like that and that was a weird freak Sunday where 75 people turned up at once it was once in the whole 26 weeks that we've run and so the first People had to wait, but it's not Billy Kwong. It's you know, it's not. There's not queues out the door. Just come along. But if you don't and you want to get in, book for Wednesdays. Info at Pimbone, and we'll get your booking. Otherwise, we're open Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and Sunday lunch. And if you're hospo, come Sunday lunch. It's fun. Yeah, I'm gonna be there this week. You can come and insult me for running a shit podcast. Yeah, how much? The worst. <laughs> three, <laughs> three shit podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got me good. That's a good one. Um, have you got any of that um, massive flask of wine that you had at your birthday party on Monday? Oh, so yeah, how much booze do you have left? Nothing. Just Fuck. just the red wines. Speaking about <laughs> speaking about alcoholism in the hospitality oh. industry. Oh. One day a week, that's all. One oh. day a week. <laughs> Mate, we, we had a little party on Pimburn on Monday for my birthday and it was very, very good. Everyone came and they brought big format wines and we got really drunk and I'm really sorry to what we did at the Dolphin <laughs> after, but it was fun. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can find us online facebook.com slash the Mitchin or send us an email the Mitchin podcast at gmail.com. You can find Mike online at Pinbone. Mitch is at Instacrill on Instagram or Krillin on the run um, Twitter. Um, he's great at RTing things about himself. Um, <laughs> you can also find <laughs> me. I'm about myself, I'm confusing you with, about with Hongi. Yeah. Neither of you really. You, you, you just fave. I, You're great. You're, actually, fave. You're, good. You're a big supporter on Twitter. I fave and I RT funny shit or like random <laughs> NBA stuff that probably only me and Ben Sears get. But well, actually, Nelson, who emailed us, said, "Can you please start an NBA and, and hip hop part a podcast?" Oh yeah, probs. Um, Maybe oh, me shit, and yeah. Benzie. You got to think about a song, by the way, Mike. Do you want another song? Mm-hmm. Or you want us to choose one? We've, we've got a, a bank of songs that we want to we want to put out. You want to run out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need one minute to look one up, but I'll probably have something. Um, also, I forgot to put Wild Thoughts at the end of last week, <sighs> but then yeah. only thirty people have downloaded it, so I, I re-uploaded it. Uh, um, with, so if you're one of the thirty people without it, shouts to Ben for letting me know. Uh, Redownload that shit for the full Wild Thoughts experience. Boost our numbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you find me at Levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G, and my other shit podcasts are called Hey Fam and Serious Issues. Uh, Mike, are we gonna? Go, what song are we going to go out with? Do you uh, want, let's do... do, you want do no, let's just do... I uh, know, because you guys will hate this, so I'll do this. Let's do LCD Sound System, New York, I Love You, because they're coming out and I can't wait to see them. And it's somber and quiet and chill, just like me. <laughs> 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 Fucking hell. <laughs> All right, see you next week. (laughs) New York, you're safer and you're wasting my time. Our records all show 
You were filthy but fine. But they shuttered your stores when you opened the doors to the cops who were bored once they'd run out of crime. New York, you're perfect. Oh, please don't change a thing. Your mild billionaire mayor's now convinced he's a king, and so the boring collect. I mean, all disrespect. In the neighborhood bars, I'd once dreamt I would drink. I love you, but you're freaking me out. There's a ton of the twist, but we're fresh out of shout. Like a death in the hall that you hear through your wall. New York, I love you, but you're freaking me out. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. New York, I love you, but you're bringing me down. Like a death of the heart. Jesus, where do I start? But you're still the one pool where I'd happily drown. Maybe you're wrong and just maybe you're wrong.